Welcome back, guys. This is episode 35 of Bitches Love Brunch, and I am your co-host, Courtney. And this is Kiana. And we're excited to be back for this episode. I'll be um, curious to see what Kiana titles this one, but we do have a guest this week. Yes! We have a guest. My homeboy from Nashville is with us. This is one of my friends here who... um, he was like the essence of like the black renaissance when I met him. Like everything was just black and I loved it. And I was just like, how, where you come from? So my homeboy Larry is joining us today. Larry. What's up? What's up? So how you doing? I'm great. I'm excited about being here doing this. We excited to have you. We've been waiting for this episode. Me too. <laughs> We've been waiting for this episode. So yeah, we're glad to have you. Appreciate it. Court, you ready to get into it? Yes. Um, well, let's check in first. How's everybody doing? Kiana, what's new? Oh, girl. Nothing. Same same stuff, different day. Just left the gym. But today, oh, I got a surprise. I'll bring that in later. But I'm doing well. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas is coming up. I am still slowly getting all my Christmas gifts, standing in these long lines and dealing with rude people. People are not nice. It's the holidays. Folks on a mission. But you, this is the thing. I want you to channel that same energy that you had Thanksgiving. Like, be thankful. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are being rude to people. Like, what happens to you giving thanks almost four weeks ago? So, no, that's, that might be a lot to ask. It might be, because people trash. People trash. It might be a lot to ask. Larry, yeah. how are you doing? What's new? What's new? I'm just coming off of uh, anniversary trip. We just celebrated oh, wow. year anniversary. Me and my wife, Stephanie. So, Congratulations. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so man, I'm kind of on a cloud nine. You know, I'm just really coming down, coming down off of that trip. That's about all that's new. Okay. Well, that's exciting. I got nothing for y'all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm really coming creepy. off of a week of jury duty. Um, mm. So that was an experience to say the least. If you've never had jury duty, just just be prepared. Um, I <laughs> got on a criminal case. Oh, uh, so that was a and it was unfortunately a person of color. <gasps> oh, man. Uh, yeah. But it was it was an experience to say the least. You put it's almost like uh, real world, but for jury duty, like for the court system. You bring twelve strangers together. Um, you get to know each other really quickly. Um, while I was there, I wanted to perform a whole diversity inclu- in, uh, inclusion uh, training, but wake them up. <laughs> so there was a, there was a lot of uh, implicit bias in the room, but we made it through and we came to a verdict. Uh, but it took us seven hours to do that over two days. Oh so, yeah. so let it me was, ask you this: I've never have you done jury duty? I've never done jury duty. I've never done jury duty either. So is it like? Um, did you watch the series for the OJ Simpson show? Were you quarantined? <laughs> <laughs> You laugh, but you kind of are. So, like, because you can't talk about the case with... You actually can't talk about the case with the other jurors outside of your deliberating time. 
Okay. Um, and you can't talk about the case with them until the whole case is. So after you've seen all of the witnesses and whatnot. Um, okay. And so while you're deliberating, like you're in a room and there's like a button system or a light system. And so depending on the color, it means you're on break or you're deliberating. But if you're on a break and one juror is not in the room, you cannot deliberate without that one juror. Oh, wow. Even if you're just like on a what restroom break, like so it was, it was really interesting. So it's like you kind of are, but you're kind of not. So like when you leave for the day, it's like oh, okay, that's done. But like you don't have anybody to discuss it with until after you know until after you give your verdict. And I was actually the forewoman, so I was like <laughs> super nervous. I didn't think about this until. Um, we came up with our verdict, and I was like, "Dag, am I about to have to be the person that says guilty or not guilty?" Oh my <gasps> goodness, Courtney! And she was, <laughs> and thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I was not. She was like the bailiff, referring to the bailiff. She was like, "No, you just give me your verdict sheets, and I'll give it to the judge, and he'll say it." I was like, "Thank God." Let me um, tell y'all, that is the one time where group work goes wrong. You got to be the spokesperson. <laughs> that one, I would have been like, yeah. "Don't look at me." No, I'm good. But the way they do it is you can you read directly from the sheet. So anytime you see that, they're reading from a sheet because it's already made up. And so it's kind of written out that way. But after the verdict um, and after the whole court case, I was actually walking out of the, the building and um, I ran into the young man's family and they told me thank you because we gave him a lesser verdict, essentially. Um, we oh, did find nice. him guilty on two counts but um Ooh, it, it was it was the two that would have gotten him the lesser sentence so wow well girl thank you for standing in the gap for us at jury duty you you said you didn't have an update for us you had the biggest update <laughs> i guess child ain't nobody been through nothing like that he just had an anniversary <laughs> trip i'm having trouble christmas shopping and you telling people that they got to go to prison well, that's right? what i'm tense right now I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah after that i ain't got nothing left to give y'all I don't they pay y'all like 30 cents an hour for doing that hold on did you say <laughs> it is, it it is only pennies. 20 hours a day 20 dollars a day <laughs> it's pennies it's and pennies they have a judge for jury duty. Wow. yeah they had a judge come in and talk to us like before like the entire pool of jurors so like mm-hmm. it might have been a hundred of us maybe yeah maybe a hundred of us um, and somebody asked about it. He was like, "Um, is there anything that you can do about this pay?" Because <laughs> <laughs> some people like I get paid through my job. Like I still get paid for my jury duty through my job. Some people don't. Now wow. on the flip side of that, that twenty dollars per day, I have to give back to my job because they paid me. But oh. some people don't get paid for you know to be off during jury duty, which is unfortunate. Yikes. You know, this is America. I'm not shocked about that. Free labor, you know, they've been getting over on that for a very long time. Hundreds of years. That's that's (laughs) our roots and foundation. That's how we got here. That's how we got here. Yep, that's how we got here. That's how it all started, so. (laughs) Well, okay. Thank you for that update, Courtney, and educating us on jury duty. I learned. No problem. All right. (laughs) Enough (laughs) of the Debbie Downer. Moving forward. Um, is anybody drinking today? Ooh. We gonna pass the mimosa. Let's pass the mimosas. Larry, what you drinking? Man, this is an exclusive 
$6.99 bottle of <laughs> Manina. It's a Cabernet. Ooh, I like a cab. Yeah. Okay. Nice. For the six ninety nine. I mean, you can't beat it for the price. No, you can't. Not six ninety. You can't do. You can't beat nothing for six ninety nine these days, especially in Nashville. Right. Mm. I don't. Um. I don't need expensive wine. Very <laughs> I don't true. Need that at all. Me either. Kiana, are you drinking the same thing? <laughs> no, I actually. Larry, I came in. Larry was already with the drink. Okay, he didn't need me okay. to get started. Um, I have a Stella. I'm mm, drinking a beer. Okay. Okay. What you drinking? Uh, water. I'm drinking my Fiji water. You know, I'm not even mad at you because that's usually what we do every week. But I figured I'm, that if I was going to have the guest with me, I should probably drink this week. Because yes. <laughs> I want him to drink and have a full experience. During a yes. break, I might dip off and get something before. Yes. Yes. Come join us. All right. I started to get the beginning of the episode mixed in with the end of the episode. So let you me just readjust my um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> readjust my mind frame. And so now we're going to do um, we're going to share the good news. And actually, um, Larry is going to share the good news for us this week. So yes. go ahead, Larry. What you got for us this week? So the good news this week. I'm gonna start off with a quote that. It's from the song that, I guess this is our first song from our first dance um, at the wedding. And that is Nothing Even Matters by Lauryn Hill. With the Angelo Candy Mouth. Right. And, um, a real nigga wedding. Real nigga wedding. <laughs> mm-hmm. You already know. And it's just a little part of the song I really like, but it says that you're part of my identity. I sometimes have a tendency to look at you religiously. Baby. I started to say it with you, but... Because <laughs> who does dope. not know those lyrics? Oh my yes. gosh! And that's that's like the part of the song that always sticks. That's one of my favorite parts to sing too. Might have to bless you know with a little vocals before. So oh goodness, yes, do it. But <laughs> yes, can you? But can you do the snaps? That is the real question. The snaps. Yes. While he sings. Cause everybody, I feel like everybody f up on that snap every once in a while. You get that extra one in there, but you're not supposed to add an extra one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be able to multitask like that. Cause I'm embarrassed myself. <laughs> That's not <laughs> Yes, I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's um let's jump into our first topic. Kiana is gonna kick us off. And I'm ready because I got all the questions. Let's get it. And you know me. We got to talk a little bit while I get everything ready because I'm be ready, but now I am ready. (laughs) Kind of, sort of, but it's it's coming. But she not, though. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney, why you don't do me like that, though? (laughs) Because everybody know you not. Because you're still talking. That's all right. So the first topic of today, we're going to talk about... um, you know, just jumping in the ropes of being married. Yeah. You know, Courtney and I are both single, single and dating, single and not dating. It depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are in a more permanent state in your relationship status. Most so. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. so we just had some questions just because we know a lot of our listeners necessarily aren't single, don't have our walk of life, but we want to hear not only from a man, but a black man, mm-hmm. a young black man who is married to well, I'm a little biased because I love your wife. <laughs> <I> <laughs> She's love also too. one of my friends too. But um, 
Yeah, we just wanted to rap with you about what that life is like. I'm ready. Let's get it. Okay. All right. So, Courtney? Uh, well, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about where you're from. How'd you meet your wife? Yeah. So, um, I'm from Portsmouth, Virginia originally and came out here for college um, at TSU. And that's really where our roots start. That's where we met. And um, we were both in the band. And I'll tell you this too, this kind of um, is a cool little story that's gonna tie everything together, a piece of the story that'll tie everything together. The band director said, really at that first meeting, that look around this room, um, some of the people that you see you may be working with one day, or uh, some of the people that you see, or somebody in here, maybe your husband or wife. And Wow. You know, you, you hear that, and I don't, I don't know if you take it in as, or, or see it for what it is at that time. But um, anyways, moving forward now, we went, went to the band together. Um, we were always tight. We were cool, good friends. Um, but later on, it was our senior year. Really? Yes, our senior year. Um, when we actually became an idol. You know, we were cool, good friends, like I said, all the way up through that time. Um, but senior year, we got together and never looked back. And here we are now, you know. Let me tell you, they do not tell you that I owe you, okay? Because we sit next to a whole bunch of white people. Listen, they told us, they they said, look to your left, look to your right. One of y'all ain't going to be here. They knew I was not about to find my husband at OU. But that's dope. So I guess the first question I have for you is how did you get out of the friend zone? How'd that how'd that work? Ooh. Um, so getting out of the friend zone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she in here, so it's it's gonna be live. Um, getting out of the friend zone. Hmm. We were both coming, I know, well, I speak on me. You know, we were coming out of a uh, no previous thing, and, you know, man, this is crazy. So, I was at that point, <laughs> I was at that point where, you know, I just knew what I wanted. Yeah. And she did, too. So, um, it really wasn't too hard to get out of the friend zone, because we both had our eye on the same Thing. We both were kind of zooming in on what we wanted. Yeah. So it really That's didn't, real. it wasn't as difficult as it may seem. But was there a conversation or, oh, was, yeah. or was it hinting around y'all was on the same page? It was, <laughs> it was a little, I, I think it was a little bit of both. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, we, we were coming from a party or we were at a party and we both happened to step out. And, you know, you drunk and... Yeah. You know, when you're drunk, you start to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm slurring the night, uh, stuff, uh, I'm feeling, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but I let her know right then. And um, I remember she said this, and this is verbatim. She was like, you don't even know. And I'm like, oh, wow. So she's feeling the same way. Because I laid it all out there, and she, you know, she, she was receptive. So after that, bang, we just started in motion. Had got one of my friends, you know, you had to do the, the typical, hey, call Steph and uh, tell her that. 
<laughs> tell, 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 her, tell her that I'm feeling the fun. But, you know, I had already said it. So, yeah, that's, I was getting out the friends zone. Okay. Not too bad. Court, you got any questions? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna jump right in because I feel like forget <laughs> um, the bull. I'm yeah, going yeah. in for the jugular. <laughs> Kiana already. Kiana already knows. Um, I don't. I don't hold back. So, don't hold back. but I think it will set the tone. Also, like for some of the other questions that we have. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know, um, as a black man, how do you define love? Hmm. Love. And don't steal Will Smith's thing that he just posted the other day either. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have saw it. But you know what? Love is one of those hard things to define. Kind of like music. I'm, I'm a musician. And sometimes it's even hard to define exactly what that is. Um, mm-hmm. love, love is internal. Uh, well, it can be external too, but it's something that you feel. Um, and it's something that you know almost like instinctively. You know, like an animal has instincts and it just knows. When, when, it, when it knows, it knows, you know. And I kind of feel like that's how love is. Just something that when you know, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where it is with me. It's hard to put into one thing because love is actions. Um, you know, love is gestures. Love is just all types of things. But it's something that's definitely internal that you feel and you know when you have it or you know when you found it so when did you know mm. that she was gonna be your wife when did you fall in love with hip-hop <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yo so how about um i feel like i almost knew instantly like it, it was it was just like i know instantly and before y'all started dating or, or instantly after y'all started dating I would say instantly when when we started. Okay. Just just, just instantly when we started. Um, her old roommate, one of our good friends, when it, this had to be early, maybe like within the first week. And I remember telling Michelle, that's her name. I said, Michelle, I'm, I love her. And I feel like it's too early to say it because I didn't want to scare her off. <laughs> And, you know, I, I didn't want to be, be that guy. Just in my mind, I didn't, you know, I'm like, shoot, I can't tell her that now. She's going to think I'm crazy, you know. It's only been a week, but I knew that early. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that. Man. I just want to let y'all know that this is great, but I want to do a part two. Because I got to hear Stephanie's side. Because Stephanie's sitting here with a closed mouth. And it looked like she was going to something. And I got to hear the other part of the no, but that's, that's I got tea. This is tea. Courtney, did you expect that? Did you expect for it to be instant? You asked me? Yeah. Or Stephanie? Oh. Who's <laughs> asking me? No. Um, I, w- I didn't really have any expectations around around that. I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't, yeah, I didn't necessarily have any expectations because I think it's different for everybody sometimes. And that's why I asked the question first about, like, how do you define love? Because I feel like a lot of that sets the tone for, like, when he knew. Absolutely. And and it sounds like, you know, I'm not here to analyze your relationship or how you are (laughs) met. But because, and like, so even when you asked the question, Kiana, about the friend zone, 
I thought that that was very real because they already had a friendship built. So it wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. about having to get out of this area because they both already knew what they wanted. And when you, I feel like when you know that, um, there are less hoops to jump through. Right. And Mm -hmm. because, um, of how they met and the relationship they have, maybe that's why it was just like, okay, we done sealed the deal. We're exclusive now. I already know I love you. Right. Because there's never really been any question about it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it doesn't happen that way, not to say it's wrong when it doesn't happen that way, but there's just a larger gap sometimes in hoops, more hoops that you have to get over because you haven't spent that time. And sometimes you're just not as honest with yourselves or with your significant other to say, this is what I want to make sure that mm-hmm. we are on the same page. So Larry, I didn't have you, any expectations around that. Do you think that somebody has to be up front? Like, do you think, what is your suggested way to approach somebody? Like, should you have an honest upfront conversation or should you wait it out just because your situation was so different? Or do you, or is it, you know, based off of how you feel? Um, at, at the root of it to me is still how you feel. Um, mm-hmm. Because everything, it, it, things differ between people. Yeah. Um. And there's like infinite ways that things could go, you know, from yeah. person to person. There's no, with, with something like love that is, you know, so personal, I think it just depends on the person or the people that um, that love is, you know, going surrounding or whatnot. Okay. I have a question for you. I got an answer. So, what was your biggest sacrifice that you had to make that ultimately benefited your relationship? Hmm. That is a heavy question. The biggest sacrifice to ultimately benefit my relationship. Um, it's going to sound so weird, but I really can't. I think, well, I do know what our biggest sacrifice was, but that's that's over time. The biggest sacrifice that we had to make, or me in particular, was distance. Mm. That's Mm -hmm. the biggest sacrifice that we had our entire um, relationship. Um, You know, over the years, we've lived probably away from each other maybe what, six, seven out of 11? Maybe more. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we had to make big time sacrifice um, with time. You know, I, it was a couple of years I saw her twice a year. Yeah. And y'all were still official? And we were still official. But I hold it down. Extremely official, and twice a year. Um, when I was in grad school in DC, she was in England. That's, you know, across the water. Yeah. That whole period in our relationship, um, as far as the sacrifice goes, was pretty wild. Let me put it in perspective again. I'm in D.C. She's in England in the Air Force. We are madly in love, but we can't physically be with each other. Pretty much at all throughout the year. And... The crazy thing is, I never really felt like it was too much of a strain on us. Uh, you know, you, you miss each other 
because I missed her, you know, every day. Shout out to Tango, though. We were able to see, <laughs> we were able to see each other um, at least face to face every now and again. But um, it, it still never felt like that much of a strain. And maybe that was because partly we were both so busy. Uh, you know, always move, always something to do on, on both our ends. Um, but outside of that, still was just like, I'll see you soon. You know, I, I was that comfortable, I guess, and confident in the relationship that it, it just kept on rolling. That's dope. Wow. Even talking about it, just like, man, what an experience. And then um, she actually ended up, well, she went to Africa, too. So that was another. I think she was over there for like seven months or something. So you can just basically take a few years out of our relationship and literally put us in different parts of the world. Wow. Man. I'm, That's what's up. I think it's dope that she was in grad school. and not Because I asked him to adopt me um, before <laughs> the show started. <laughs> but... Um, I would have rather been with mom, be honest with you. I would have just went with her. <laughs> <laughs> I know the pains of grad school. So, yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm so just bad. What other questions you got, Kiana D? Um, what, like, being, especially a black man, like, you just hear so many things about why people aren't ready Mm-hmm. to get into relationships or especially marriage like it just feels like that is it's a fear mm-hmm. for a lot of men what did you need what did you feel you needed to have finished or accomplished or had together before you were to ask somebody to marry you um definitely wanted to be stable to a certain degree stability how stability <laughs> financially uh, you know didn't want to you know, be at that point where you still be like, hey, ma, dad, uh, you know, I don't want to be on my own um, at that point. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Wanted to be that. You know, when, once again, I think when you know, um, then you're ready. When you know, then you're ready. So, emotionally, I was there. You know, I was ready. I mean, long before we got married because we were engaged for a good minute and we've been you know together for a long time we've been together since 2007 yeah how long were y'all engaged we were engaged from 2013 to 2017 oh okay so um we were engaged for a while i mean obviously the distance too we weren't the same place because we got engaged while she was in england so and i went to visit her we wasn't okay. over the phone or nothing. I make sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got engaged. You didn't in do a phone proposal. Right. So, um, you know, it was, it was some time. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie, she, she, Stephanie, Stephanie got Stephanie things to up, say. Um, she, <laughs> but um, yeah, we were together for a long time before we actually got married. And I think within that time, I was able to get all, by far, all the things I needed to get done, done. Okay. Know? So there wasn't, I think another part of that too is that when you wait for that extended amount of time, you Mm -hmm. often wonder, was there pressure on any end? 
there is pressure from other people. But not from y'all too. Not really from us. Okay. It's, it's, it's more so on the outside. And society, what society says, you know, this is the way it needs to be done. Oh, you need to be engaged for a year. You need to do this. Well, that's not the same for everybody. So, um, that's the, I felt pressure more so from the outside. Maybe from, you know, times family mm-hmm. or people, friends asking, when are you getting married? When are you getting married? Oh, y'all been engaged for a long time. You know, that type of thing. But, um, you know, it's between me and her, so yeah. it really, you know, the outside doesn't really matter. But I did want to mention society, too, with just guys. Um, I think society drives guys a little bit beyond what maybe we would say is instinctual or the way guys just operate. Mm-hmm. I think society drives guys a little bit to... Um, when it comes to not being ready or, you know, sowing your oats or getting your rocks off or whatever the case may be, um, sometimes that's not just natural. You know, it's, it's an image. And, you know, guys, we have egos. It's an ego. It's a lot, a lot of stuff that goes into that, I think, other than just the way the guys feel. Mm. So you don't think an A-League man want to do that, but society... Has contributed to it in, in a way. I think it contributes to it in a way. Okay. It's because it's an image. Okay. Too. Even internally with with your boys and things. It's, it's the a, image it's of a, a man. Yeah. It's, it's an image image thing for and for some. Uh, I can't I'm not speaking for everybody, but I do think society plays a role in that some too. It's not just all always just that natural. Because some guys, you know, might be madly in love. And get around to do like, man, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I didn't want to throw that in. Okay. Court? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any questions? I'm, um, I'm talking now until my phone unfreezes for my question. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we back. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, my question is kind of along the same lines, but mm-hmm. kind of not. What have you learned most about yourself through marriage? Um, especially in this first year. In this first year, what have I learned the most about myself? I don't think I've changed too much. That might have a different answer when <laughs> if she said that in this first year. But things seem to be flowing the same way. And that's something, something that I, I really, really appreciate. Um, it, it, it feels so normal and so natural. I'm like, what, through marriage, what have I, what have I learned? Because I, I feel the same, and this is in a, in a good way. Not in the, I haven't paid attention to myself well, yeah, pay attention to what's going on between us. Yeah. It just feels the same. You know, it feels Question. like... Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. Um, I was going to ask, I know that you guys were engaged for a period of time mm-hmm. and you guys went, spent a lot of time um, away from each other. Yeah. Still together, just so the listeners don't get confused. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you all live together prior to being married? We did. We lived okay. together for a year back in 2011. 
2011 going into 2012. Mm. Yep. So we lived together that year. We were pretty much, a, I guess it was like two years, something like that, removed from college. So we were still like 24 or something like that. Living it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this, I guess that's another thing. It don't really feel super, uh, you know, just sound like it's something different. Yeah. Because right. it's something that we did experience. And that was smooth. Back then. And you I, said that was smooth? Yeah, being, living together then was, was smooth. Um, man, knock on wood, as I, as I said, but it's really been easy to me. I know, you know, relationships take work. Um, you know, you're not just living for you. It's a team effort. You know, you have to make decisions um, as a team, which requires sacrifice at some times. But even still, things have felt so easy. It's just, it's, it's kind of wild. It's, uh, and I know it's not, that may not sound typical, but that's, that's literally the way it's been feeling. Okay. Man. So what, what about friendships? Like, how does that work when you're married? Like, are there clear boundaries you have to set with female friends and not even just like new friendships, mm -hmm. but previous friendships with females? Like, how does that work when you're married? How does those boundaries work? Um, even coworkers too. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's something that you, you almost have to know each other well, kind of kind of get the feel. Because if not, it's something that you have to talk about too. Um, we're, uh, we share a lot of the same friends. Um, so it hasn't really been much of a struggle. But it's something that you have to also, um, I, I don't know, gauge, like as far as being, being respectful. You know, you want to be respectful to your wife or respectful to your husband. So for me, I would, I, I would have my own boundaries even before bringing it to, um, to Steph. I would set some type of boundary myself, really to keep myself out of a situation where it would be a thing, you know? I wouldn't be sitting up in the bed texting uh, another girl at one in the morning and expect Steph to be like, oh, okay, that's such and such. Nah, that's probably not going to be a good idea because I wouldn't want to be, be the case you know, on the other side with me looking either. So I think it's just a respect thing. But if you have to talk, talk about it, set your boundaries, then do so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I was really curious about that because I'm just like, how does that work? How do you be friends with people? Because... When I didn't meet them together, I actually met Larry first, and then I knew Larry was married, but his wife, you were in Arkansas? Mm -hmm. In Arkansas, wow, yeah. so then I met Stephanie a little bit later, but I mean, we didn't have, we met through mutual friends, so it's not like mm -hmm. I needed boundaries, we were, we were cool, and then Stephanie came along, not came along, I came along, and Stephanie was already there, but she was just out of town, <laughs> but um... <laughs> But then his wife was dope too, so I was like, I'm just gonna be friends with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's 
the boundaries, people are people, you know, and it's just you. Right. You you you, you have to just know. Um, either you talk talk it through, or you can be like us when you just kind of know. And I think that's kind of how it is. You know, I respect her, so I wouldn't, you know, step out of a boundary that I wouldn't want her to do on the other end. You know. Right. Cool. I. If I heard correctly, I apologize if I didn't. Yeah. Um, but I agree too. Like, people are still going to be people, and this is coming from a single person, but I'll tell you why I'm saying this. <laughs> because as a single person, though, I try to make sure I respect those boundaries right. that somebody else might not even have put in place. Like, I have homeboys, you know, and Kiana knows this, you know, close guy friends that mm-hmm. I consider family, but. You're not going to see me texting them at all hours of the night. Unless it's like in an absolute emergency. Right. You know right. what I mean? You're not going to see me texting or calling anybody at those hours um, just out of respect. Right. And I think sometimes that's where it comes into play too. Is like you have boundaries amongst your relationship, but other people don't respect your boundaries. Mm. <laughs> like, I feel like my boundaries... And that's what you have to be on the lookout for. ...are so high with my married friends. Like... Even some of my homeboys who I've been friends with for years, and they just say, you know, you don't call. It's like, I text you on your birthday. All right? Your wife don't ever need to question who I am because I right. would never want her to feel like that. Like, mm-hmm. when if I'm able to meet her in person, then we can talk, and she has more of an understanding. But her to ask you, who am I? I never want her to feel that way. I don't what? ever want to be that woman. But even... Like, Larry and I, today is the first day we exchanged phone numbers. Every time I saw mm-hmm. Larry was when I had to see him out. I don't need to be texting. He married Mm-hmm. I have no reason mm-hmm. to talk to you unless we're out where we are with our mutual friends. But Steph and I, I mean, Steph had my number and I met her later. <laughs> but, um, but I don't play that. Like, I'm not, I don't, like, the boundaries have to be not even just clear, but very thick between people who are married. Because <clears throat> I, re- I just don't, I don't want that on my end. Like, I don't want, if the shoe was on the other foot, I wouldn't want that to happen. To right. Me. Just respect, man. That's it. You know, that's a hard thing for people to treat other people how they want to be treated. But we won't go there. Retweet. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney, you got any more questions about Larry and his marriage? Nope. I have one final question. Come on with it. Is the first year of marriage really as difficult as Offset is making it seem? That Negro is struggling. Man, that man right there. That was sad. That, that whole uh, fiasco that he pulled on the stage. Hey, bro. Uh, I'm sorry. Bro, I'm trying to tell you I'm Call sorry. Like, why are you mad that you're trying to bro. tell her? So you supposed to. You're supposed to do it at home, punk. Man, yeah, he, he, yeah, he thought he was going to get that help from the audience and from the moment. She shut that jump down. But no, it's not. It's, okay. it's, it's not I've um, heard you know the first year is the hardest and, yeah you know I'm gonna go here too you know when you get advice a lot of the advice that I got you know took some took you know pull from it what you want yeah but then discard some of it too you just take some of it with a grain of salt because everybody once again this love thing is so personal it's not gonna run the same it's some stuff that you you pull from yes but everybody is not the same matter of fact no relationship is the same yeah there you know 
I don't know how many people in the world that are married. And nobody's relationship is the same. So you gotta have, like, write your own story, it's your own narrative. And for, for me and us, it's been easy. Because again, it's been the same yeah. thing, you know? It's what, what we are, what we have, we just carrying that with a title. Yeah. Okay, a lot, I have one more question. All right. Are y'all parents married? Mine aren't. Okay. And um, they were when I was younger, but they got divorced. But no. And Steph's aren't either. They, they, were, they were married, but uh, you know, now they're divorced. Interesting. So you can still be married without having parents who were married. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And I can. And, and I, I love. You sound like you're taking that real personal, Kiana. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you got somebody to go back and relay that to. No, like, I have nobody. I've never heard that before. A lot of people. I just think you know when you hear, uh, especially being single, and a lot of men tell you what they're capable of doing and what they can't. A lot of the times it's like, I haven't seen that before. Mm-hmm. And for me, I always think that is the biggest lie you could ever tell me. Cause I'm just like, I get that you may not have seen what this looks like on a day-to-day basis. And most kids who are in the house with married parents still don't see what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. If you not in grown folks business, but to say you haven't seen a successful marriage, you haven't seen I Viv, Uncle Phil, you haven't seen Love Jones, you haven't seen all these other people. Like, like you said, it's almost like you, I use the phrase like eat the fish, spit out the bones. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Take the meat from whatever it is that you see and spit out whatever you don't want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But to say you've never seen it, I think that's BS. Yeah. But I... no, that ain't towards nobody. <laughs> 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 it's not towards anybody. But yes, thank you for letting us get all up in your business. Oh, no problem. This is, I'm, I love to talk about it. Um, Sometimes I feel like ours is a little different because, you know, we, we, we get asked, and this happens a little more often than it may seem, like we'll get asked for advice, or I know if um, some of my friends, they'll do it, like, well, you know, what do you think about this, what do you think about this, how do you do this, how do you do that? And I'm just like, it's easy. You know, it's just, yeah. you're just rolling with it, you know? I am so blessed to know y'all both individually and as a couple um i would just speak to that especially watching them be married one of the things i love so much about stephanie is that she has such a strong personality and i always struggle with that as a single person and it's just like well if i want to have an opinion with somebody be okay with me being so loud and boisterous and steph will tell you how it is and she don't cut no corners and i watch this man accept her in totality and i'm just like that's dope that's right. That's the queen. That's dope. But it's twenty. It's twenty eighteen. You know we. You gotta tell the rest of the world that. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you're right. You're right. But it, it's twenty eighteen. It's it's time out for all that suppressed women, and you know it, it's just we in a different place. We 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 gotta move with that. You know. Yeah. People are people. That's true. You know, no matter what's, I almost said it the wrong way. No matter what your gender is, no matter what. You're a person. You have an opinion, you know. It's not weighted one way because I'm a dude and weighted another way because, you know, you're a woman. We're human. Yeah. We got to put that on the bumper sticker. 
Yeah, we're going to send that right on to the White House. See how they feel about that. Man, one. oh my Lord. Let me get started on that. Yeah. Okay. Corey, you ready to transition into the next topic? Yeah, you got it. I do. Okay, so That's this good. topic is, so we just want to be pulling from your expertise. We, all of us, I think, is going, we're going to have fun with this one. So this uh -huh. one is called Managing Your Blackness. Mm. So I listened to um, this comedy show with Dion Cole, mm. and he was talking to his white coworkers and letting them know that their black coworker, Michael, whoever his name was like, he don't act how he act at work. This is not who he really is. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was telling them, like, you have to manage your blackness. Like, sometimes, you know, you get into work and you have to be a little less black. You know, you got to tone it down a little bit. Um, you go into a board meeting, tone it down just a little bit more. Or you sit on an airplane and all these open seats are next to you and it's open seats in other rows and you don't want none of the white people sitting next to you so you got to turn it up like I want, I want I want the nigga on blast you know what I'm saying like I want Lil Wayne to be coming out of my headphones I want to be you know I want to be reckless so I wanted to talk to y'all about managing y'all blackness and the different avenues that you're going to so Courtney works in a nonprofit. I work for the government you work with all black people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it would be a unique dynamic to talk about what it looked like to manage your blackness. Wow. Yeah. Courtney, did you get all that? You want me to go first? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, you don't have to. You want to? No. Um, <laughs> I say that because, and Kiana knows more detail, but in short, I think I do have some luxury in terms of quote unquote managing my blackness mm -hmm. uh because I work for a nonprofit so and to be honest I only worked in corporate for a short period of time so it's really the majority of what I've known and I think because I approached it I think I almost approached it naively where but it had a positive effect where I wasn't thinking about the impacts of A, B, and C. I wasn't thinking about the impacts of how I styled my hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if I wore box braids one day and then came back with something else a different day. Because when I first started out in nonprofit, I was working with black people. My students were black. Their parents were black. So I didn't have that initially that same concern. Now I don't work in direct service anymore, but um, I have found that a lot of times I'm managing my blackness with my, I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't give two shits, um, <laughs> with, <laughs> with my black supervisor. Um, and so that has been the most unfortunate setting. And I actually even had a conversation with my CFO about this maybe a month ago where I was just like, no, there are definitely times where I have to make sure of how I say things so that I there that there's no question that I could possibly be the angry black woman to another black woman yes but that conversation that I had which is ironic I felt more comfortable saying it to my white CFO than to my black supervisor but we are Kiana you already know that there are other dynamics there yes. for that mm -hmm. but um <clears throat> I can I can have those conversations but like I said it's a little different for me working in nonprofit and especially the nonprofit that I work in where we're servicing a community where our mission is to reduce poverty in central Ohio so mm -hmm. if you talk about poverty you're talking about also about people of color 
Um, and so we work a lot with diversity and inclusion and all of that. I serve on our internal diversity committee. So being a voice is more um, acceptable and a little bit easier to maneuver in my world at work than it might be in corporate America. But there definitely are still days. Um, and some days, you know, you, you got to manage it. Most days, though, like today, I was probably black as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt no qualms about it. <clears throat> so that's just that's just me, though. I, okay. I recognize that that's a luxury that I have. Not everybody has that. Larry, do you have to manage your blackness? Not you all your black coworkers. Not at uh, well. Let me not say not at all. Um, because my clientele, which is my students, um, are mostly African American. You know, I mean, in the ninety-five percent range, maybe more like ninety-eight percent. Um, so I don't have to manage my blackness much at all. Uh, more so, just in talking to a supervisor. Um, yeah. You know, like department head type thing. And I may suppress the word nigga, but, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> beyond that, um, no, it's just really just black as hell all the time. Um, and I think it's important for our clientele to see us yeah. as being black and not hiding it yeah. or, um, you know, suppressing that. I want them to see that. Now we'll we'll have a conversation. We'll say something funny um, to him, like you know that voice that y'all have to put on when you know you go for that job interview, and they'll understand it. Um, but yeah, we we are extremely black. Well, I am extremely black. Um, where we can talk about stuff in in the culture, I'll go and tell them about something that happened. You know, super black all the time. Just a little envious of that. Just, <laughs> just a tiny bit. Tiny bit envious. Um, where I work, I work for the state here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to manage my blackness all the time. Um, even with some of my coworkers, because I've noticed too here being in the South, and that's, this isn't true for all black Southerners, but I think that blacks in the South are a lot different than blacks up North. I think a lot of not a lot, but I think some of the black people who I've had conversations with down here, they have more of an oppressive mind state. Mm. Like, you can't do this, you can't do that because these are, this is what we were taught in the South. And I'm just like, you know, y'all free. <laughs> you know, so that makes me feel like I have to manage my blackness around those black people because they haven't fully accepted their blackness. So I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable with who they are by mirroring who I am. You know what I'm saying? Because I am a piece of you. Um, But I I find myself trying to throw my blackness in wherever I can. Like I remember one of my coworkers asking me, um, he was like, so were you on the phone this morning when I saw you? riding into work and I was like no why'd you ask he was like it looked like you were talking I was like I was rapping I was listening to Cardi B <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was a Cardi B moment or I would tell um, one of my friends at my job she's white and she's like so what were you doing I was like I'm trapping you know what I'm saying like, I'm right. trapping in my head you all do y'all like I'm good so I find myself trying to find different ways 
to insert that I'm black because I think that one of the biggest things, which is which it shouldn't be a big thing, is that white people will ignore your blackness even though you can see it on your skin. Like I'm, I gotta mm. remind you that I'm black, but it's apparent. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to understand that I'm different and it's okay to be different. You have to accept my difference, but don't try to make me assimilate. That's my big thing. Like, I never want to feel like I have to assimilate for anything. But um, also working for the state and being a super minority at the state, I do find that my blackness does come out when I'm around the table and we're talking about the populations that we heard, that we yeah. serve. Um, and that's when I feel like my blackness is most important because I represent these kids. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that y'all don't want to give them, basically you're telling me you don't want to give them to me. And so I think that's when I really take pride in being an African-American woman. And I'm just like, no, that can't, that can't happen. You can't overlook these people. You can't, you know, negate their struggle. You can't assume that the same way you serve these rural students is the same way you need to serve black students. Like they just, they have a tailored way in which you're serving them. We should also have a tailored way in which yes. you're serving us. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they don't think that that is intrinsic bias, and it is. You know what I'm saying? Because you've gone out of your way to create these programs for white students, and you're like, this works for the, for the greater good. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. If you're going to go out of your way and create these programs, then you have to create them for every minority group in the best way that it serves them, not the easiest way that you can do your job. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're here for. And I feel like that's why I wanted this position so that I could be a voice for people who grew up in the hood like me, for people who wanted to fight a chance, you know, to change their life and change their trajectory and break generational curses and do stuff like that. Like, they need people to advocate for them. And sometimes that's you showing up black and reminding people, like, I'm black. That can't happen. It won't happen under my watch. Not while I'm here. Um, but, yeah, I feel like, especially in Nashville, I feel like I got to manage my blackness in Nashville. This is such a white city. Oh, yeah. No question. It's, we joke and say it's the white Atlanta. This is the white Atlanta. Like, yeah. you want to see white celebrities come to Nashville? I couldn't pick them out. <laughs> I don't know who they are. But this is such a white city. And I and I often, like, meeting y'all through Karis and Spence, like, I was so happy. Like, there's black people who like being black. Yeah. And there are black people who are educated in, like, being black and don't want to lose these roots of being black. Because often you can find educated black people who don't really want to be connected to their blackness um but yeah managing managing my blackness is fun but also while i'm at work because i'm there the majority of my day that's tiring that's exhausting wow that i can't be fully myself in the way that i talk in the way that i express myself and the music that i like and the conversations that they have like culturally i don't know what the hell i'm talking about and i don't care (laughs) To be real with you, I don't care. And then I also think there's another thing with trying to balance my relationship with white women because you feel like you have an end with white women because they're women, but you really don't because they're white. So (laughs) you have to be very careful with the white women you decide to be friends with because I think Courtney and I, we talk about it too, and Amanda Seal said it like, I'm perfectly fine being cool with women who happen to be white. I happen to be black. I'm a cool person. I can't control how I was born. Mm. You couldn't control how you were born. So I'm cool with you being white. You happen to be white. But white women, that's an attitude. I don't want to be cool with white women. Ooh. Ooh, that's a bar. 
Just the way the way that that was said. That's a bomb. Yeah, I, I'm good. Ooh. I can't trust them. So yeah, that's that's managing my blackness. I love being black. All right. Oh, you I have got anything else to add to that? No, because we're about to play a game. <laughs> All right. Do we want to do our commercial before our game? Sure. Okay. We'll be back in a minute, y'all. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sound Ears Media. Sound Ears Media is a multimedia production company based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Sound Ears provides its listeners with weekly curated playlists containing wide-ranging musical selections from the newest release hits to some of the greatest nostalgic classics in music. And Kiana and I are super excited about this new partnership as Bitches Love Brunch will have its own weekly curated playlist so anyone looking for personal playlists to fit your unique vibe dm them on ig at sound ears or on twitter at sound ears underscore or you can shoot them an email at sound ears media at gmail.com and we're back and we're back <laughs> <laughs> oh man i kind of so this game is called, um, this is about to be so much fun, I'm so excited. I'm ready. This game is called This or That, and it's a rapper response. One of y'all can get a little bit more time because somebody's going to answer the question first, but you got to tell me either this or that, and once I give you the two options, you'll let me know what they are. Courtney, can you hear me? Are you good? Uh-huh. All right. First round. This or That. Jamie Foxx discography versus Lauryn Hills. Wait, say it again. Jamie Foxx's discography versus Lauryn Hills. Mind you, Lauryn Hill got one CD. Okay, that was. A, does that count, Fuji's? Lauryn Hill. I guess in her discography, she's in that. Would you choose Lauryn Hills, including the Fuji's, or Jamie Foxx's discography? Whoo. Including the Fuji's, I'm going Lauryn Hill. What? Without the Fugees, I'm going Jamie. Because that one album by itself wouldn't be able to take on Jamie's whole discography. Okay. In my opinion. But with the Fugees, it's just a huge body of work. And then she had Sister Act. I'm going more. I'm going that. Courtney? Okay, I'm sorry, y'all, because I can't hear you. We talking about their full categories? Yes. Or... um, mm, That's tough. Full categories, including Jamie's acting... Y'all, this is rapid response. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm asking because I couldn't hear you though. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm like, including no discography, music, it? music, strictly music. So you can throw oh, strictly music, Ooh. strictly music, hands down, Lauren, all day. Okay, I'm and gonna that, go. With that could be without the Fugees. <laughs> Y'all crazy. I'm going with Jamie all day. You young. <laughs> Lauren is a classic. Lauren is that classic, but give Jamie a few more years. It's going to be just as classic, and he's going to show up at y'all concerts. Lauren not. Hey, slick, though. She's been showing up, and I ain't going to her concert no way. First off, she the just was supposed enough. to come to Nashville. She did not show up. Yeah, she did not show up. <laughs> <laughs> she be wild. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> Not mine. I kept my coins. I knew what she was about. Her her shock was got to be in line. I can't get my shock. Okay. What's next? Next one. Five or four boys or cash money? Cash money. Cash money. Cash money. 
Tamia or Ashanti? <laughs> Tamia. <laughs> Ashanti. I'm going with Ashanti. I'm just doing rap. I'm just doing rapid responses here. But no, Courtney, you got to think about it. They got to be your real answers, dude. <laughs> it was. I'm sticking with it. Okay. Casey and JoJo or Drew Hill? Drew Hill. Ooh. Dang, that's tough. That's a tough one. Why did I answer so quick? God damn. Ooh. Mm, that's mm, hard. Mm. You still got to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna stick my Drew Hill guy. That's tough. That is tough because we Drew Hill got some stuff that you forget mm. about. Mm. It's my favorite group of all time. Jesus, tough. I'm gonna go. Wait, you said Casey and JoJo. You did not say Jodeci. I'm gonna go Drew Hill. Ooh, <laughs> ah, that was Good smooth. One. That was smooth. Good one. I'm gonna go with Drew Hill. Whew. That was a devilish question, man. That was tough. All right, next. Prince or Michael? Michael. Oh, damn. <laughs> Party? Damn. <laughs> I was all set to say one of them, and then I was like, I got twisted. Uh, I'm going to go Michael. That was so hard. That was worse than uh, Casey and JoJo. Really? Yeah. That was easy. I love, I love me some Prince. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think Michael's. I gotta rock. I'm a uh, Prince girl. Yeah. I gotta go yeah. with Prince. Now I, I do. Really I love and respect Michael Jackson. Like from the Jackson Fives to Oh Michael. I mean, the Jackson Fives is literally like my favorite Christmas CD. So it's on heavy rotation right now. Okay, I got two more. I really want to change it, but whatever. you you can take it back. <laughs> Don't do it. You all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Usher or Chris Brown? Usher. Ooh wee! Yikes! <laughs> Man, I'm I'm God, I'm gonna go Chris Brown. Okay. Courtney. Oh, I said Usher. <laughs> oh, okay. I said it as soon as you asked. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Chris. Y'all foolish. <laughs> foolish. We moving on to brunch spots because y'all don't know how to act. No, I have one more. I have one more. Come on, come on. The Migos or Cardi B? Cardi Migo. B. Cardi B for me. I'm going to hold down the Migos. I got y'all. <laughs> okay. Well, that wraps up this or that. Thank y'all for being such fair players. Yes. Those are good fun. ones. Those, those are good ones. I think I'm going to use a game like that next time we do a kickback. I wish I would have said Jodeci instead of Drew Hill, though. Because Jodeci, that that's, a, that's a different kind of comparison. Like, as much as I love Drew Hill, ooh, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a tough one. Okay, Court, we ready. We sorry. <laughs> <laughs> brunch spots who got them I don't <laughs> Ooh, brunch spot this week brunch spot this week this week mm. um, yo you got a brunch spot that you like here I got one that I like here uh, last one we went to was Germantown Cafe and mm. it's about the bread it's like some type of cinnamon bread that you get 
and they change up the butter. So you might have a citrus butter one week. It might be a honey butter next week. But they switch up the butter on the cinnamon bread. And the bread is fire. It's just cinnamon bread? It's not like a cinnamon toast? It's, it's like a... Or I mean like French toast? Um, it's like a roll almost. It's... I would almost say like a beignet, but it's softer. So it's more like a roll, um, but full of cinnamon. Yeah, I'm going to try that. the butter set that junk off. You hear, you hear me? The butter <laughs> sets the bread off, I'm trying to tell you. It's fire. So, yeah, and then they got some good shrimp and grits. Now, they only give you about four shrimp, but uh, <laughs> the flavor good. <laughs> it's good. Pretty, pretty, did you hear that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> four, sure. It's four. about four, but the flavor good. Mm -mm -mm. Well, Larry's holding us down this week because I don't got no brush spots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Shout out to the guests for coming through. Yes, thank you. Yay. I meant with the brunch spot. We're not done with them yet. We got <laughs> tips to give out. Yes, tips. Yes. I can go first. Who's Please do. So I'm going to give a 30% tip to my homies at my gym, 360 Fitness. Um, I want to give a tip, especially to my workout partner, Lisa. Lisa holds it down. So every time I have to record and she always asks what our topics are, Lisa feeds me gyms. Okay. So I want to... Thank her, thank her husband, thank our trainers, Marty and Troy. They also be looking out too. So a big, a big tip for those folks. Larry, you got any tips? Yes, I do. I have uh, two oh. tips. Two tips? Yeah, he came ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to dish out some love. Um, let me give my first tip to my cousin, Jordan. Uh, Joy used to be in the NFL, and he lives in Denver. And Jordan let us uh, let us stay at his crib while we were out in Denver, so we didn't have to pay for an Airbnb or a hotel. Had had a whole apartment in the Lower Highlands in Denver for the free. So Joy, <laughs> you get what's the twenty five percent? Jordan, we throwing you twenty five percent because um, he held us down. Um, and then I'm throwing another 25% uh, to my wife, Stephanie. And, you know, you probably saw that coming. But uh, we just yes. celebrated our anniversary. And, you know, I have to show love to my wife of a year, really 11 years, but my wife of a year um, for that. So those are my tips. I should, I should oh, throw right. Stephanie a tip, too. She just helped me out. I'm spilling stuff. I'm going to get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steph. I know. I don't have no coup. We ain't worried about coup right now. All right. My tip this week is going uh, to go to the listeners. Um, all listeners, 100% tip. But one in particular, um, I wanted to shout out the homie Jordan from OU. Um, he reached out to me. Uh, maybe like a week ago or a couple days ago and was just showing some love for the podcast. Um, we haven't really spoken since OU, but he was just telling me how he listens to the show, um, which I had no idea that he listened. 
Um, and so I just want to give him a 50% tip for just, you know, following the OU fam and, you know, sticking with us and supporting us and um, just really sitting back and watching our growth and, you know, showing love and giving credit where credit is due. So shout, shout out to Jordan. Hey, Jordan. shout out to Jordan. I do have a quick question, though, because there are so many Jordans that went to OU. Which Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of did that for a reason. I ain't want to put them on black. We can talk about it after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Okay. Um. So yes. All right. Well, well, I'll hit them with the social medias. Well, first yes. off, Larry, thank you. No, we really no. appreciate having you. We want you to come back, but not before Stephanie <laughs> know what truly happened. Oh Lord. <laughs> Um, but no, we appreciate you for taking the time to do Man, this with us. Thank y'all so much for having me. It's, yes, thank you. This is like so fun. You know oh, good. This is so fun. I really appreciate it. Oh, that's dope. That makes me happy. Yeah. Um, if y'all looking for us, um, you can find us on Spotify at Bitches Love Brunch. On iTunes, you can follow us, rate us, review us at Bitches Love Brunch. If you want to chat with us, go on our Facebook group. The the Facebook group is called Bitches Love Branch. And we get it popping on Instagram now. I mean, Courtney took y'all to uh, um, a Cavs game with floor seats. I ain't <laughs> never did that, okay? I, I ain't ever did it. So if you look at us on Instagram, it's bitches double underscore love double underscore brunch. So we appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. Larry, thank you again. No problem. Get out of here. Bye. Bye. Peace.